Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. We are honky-tonking our way into another Sunday afternoon here on MPB Think Radio. My guest today is Wayne Andrews. Welcome, Wayne. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Wayne represents the Yakmatotho Arts Council in Oxford Lafette County and is one of our recipients for the 2018 Governor's Arts Awards. Congratulations. Oh, we're very excited. Yeah. Very excited. We're also very excited. Our music today will be furnished by my old buddy, John Foose. John Foose is a Mississippi Delta boy. I grew up on the now famous uh, Pluto Plantation. Uh, he lived in Oxford for a while, uh, then went on to New Orleans and later to Austin, Texas, and he's just published a uh, album of the songs of John Foose, Points South. So we'll be listening to his music today and talking to Wayne about the good work that goes on at the Yakmatotha Arts Council and how that relates uh, to uh, the Mississippi Arts Commission and advocacy and all sorts of other things. But Wayne, if if we could in the beginning, let's talk a little bit about you, where you came from, where you grew up, kind of how you got into this work. <laughs> Stuff like that. Quick, uh, the quick autobiography. The, the quick autobiography. Uh, I uh, moved around a lot as a kid, and uh, every every location. No, this is true. I lived in 13 places by the time I was 14. 13 places? 13 places. 14. Can you name some a handful of them randomly? Uh, Racine, Wisconsin. Uh, Columbia, Maryland. Uh, wow. Yeah. I, it, uh, they went back to Maryland and back to Wisconsin. We no. lived in the town right next to each other. Military? Was, my dad worked for General Electric. Oh, okay. So it's like the military, uh, except, you know, you yeah. didn't have to wear the uniform, just the haircut <laughs> um, back in those G-E. days. GE. GE, yeah. Uh, they bring good things to life, and I was one of them. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> You're a product of industrialization, yes, as it were. Yes, uh, <laughs> But, yeah, so we moved around a lot, and uh, every place we went, uh, our, our parents um, felt it was important to make sure we were uh, immersed in kind of the art and culture of the place, the history of, of the places we lived. Um, and and it was this, you know, they kind of grew up uh, not very affluent in, in Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a very historical place, obviously. So every place we went, there was there was everything from a marching band competition I can remember sitting at on a, on a cold winter night <laughs> to historic homes, uh, art museums, plays. Uh, and so it was this thing of, you know, they, they had us learning how to play instruments. They, everything that we could do that was uh, art and culture. Mm-hmm. At the same time, um, we were expected to play ice hockey uh, and football. And being 5'1", I, I did not have to play basketball. Uh, so <laughs> they, they, spared they, the, I was spared the, the, basket, the, the basketball uh, sport. Uh, uh, but it was they, they were kind of this, you really have to be engaged in, in things that are interactive to, to be a, a complete and whole person. Uh, and then they, of course, encouraged us to go on to school and, and, and challenge ourselves. And uh, so out of uh, four brothers, all four of us went to college, graduated. Uh, my parents were the first in their families to ever do such a thing. And mm-hmm. um, it kind of, even though I went to business and law school, I had this passion and love for art and culture. And I think what I have always brought to it, because I've started out in radio and television, worked for a Hispanic television station. Um 
And then, so are you going to switch over to Spanish? No, I, I, I speak no Spanish, and they hired me. Um, <laughs> okay. I, so I thought it was the strangest thing, but they were like, we, if you'll just get everything done. So and where was this? That was Hartford, Connecticut, which has a huge Hispanic and uh, West Indian population. Were you a producer? Or uh, yeah, I did the engineer? community affairs shows and commercials and, uh-huh. and all of those wow. kind of things. Right. Uh, and then... It seems that I was also dumb enough. I think they hired me because I was dumb enough. Like, could you also ship back all the films that have been and reels that have been brought in? And if you could take care of this. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, but it was, a, again, great experience. Um, and then kind of did uh, concert tours and uh, worked with uh, arts and cultural events every kind of place I went on a more the business side of it. Graduated where from high school? Uh, Suffield, Connecticut, home of the Graham Cracker. That's where the Graham <laughs> Cracker was Singular? invented. The Graham Cracker? Uh, yeah, Samuel Graham invented the Graham Cracker in oh. Suffield, Connecticut. Oh, great. Well, yeah. What were the mascots? Not uh, the Graham Crackers. <laughs> that would have been awesome if they were the fighting Graham Crackers <laughs> instead of the crumbling Graham Crackers. Uh, but yeah, no, we were, we were the, as as every uh, neutral school should be, we were... Uh, the the wildcats. Uh, yes. I was going to say tigers. Yeah, wildcats. Yeah. Some zoo animal. Yes, yeah, some uh, animal. Then college. College, Central Connecticut State University. Okay. Uh, larger than UConn, we just stink at sports. <laughs> and the mascot there. The blue devil. I was a blue devil in high school. Yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah. It was. It was very interesting. And how did you get to the South? You, was this part of the touring, production, presenting? Uh, I went to uh, law school at Mississippi College. Oh, oh, you came to law school. Yes. Here. So okay. uh, lovely Jackson, Mississippi, and then I moved to Memphis and met my wife. And did you go to Memphis to practice law? I did. I never practiced. I uh, yeah. That, <laughs> Who I, needs had practice? No, I had no interest in being a lawyer. I just wanted to go. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but I worked for the Orpheum Theater in Memphis. Met my wife. Uh, worked for the Orpheum for several years. Worked for the University of Memphis. Uh, worked with Live at the Garden at the Memphis Botanic Garden. Helped get that going. Uh, started doing festivals across the South. Did, worked with King Biscuit and did uh, concert tours with some other groups. And uh, eventually that. Span ended up being 20 years of, of, of a life, and then kids have graduated high school, and my wife and I started describing where we wanted to be in our lives, uh, what the future would look like, mm-hmm. and that we were young enough to go anywhere we wanted. Uh, we were both working out of our house, and uh, all of a sudden this job came up in Oxford, and we got involved, and I, we had a chance to move to Oxford, Mississippi. My what? wife gave me criteria. It was the South. Near water and small town. And so you, you call Sardis the water? Sardis is the water. It's okay. the water I can afford. <laughs> well, I look, can't afford it, the boat, but the water's if there. If it's good enough for Faulkner to sail on, it's good enough for yeah. me. So you, when you were presenting and producing in Memphis, that's where that whole career took place? Yes. The Orpheum? Yeah. Yeah. The, what was the other? The Live gar- at the Garden. Live at the Garden. Uh, yeah. Name some of the, the acts that blew you away that you were, you were able to work with. Well, the act, that, uh, you know, well, the act that blew me away was Mavis Staples. Mm. And to be able to take my son and have a conversation backstage with Mavis Staples, to me, is one of the greatest things ever. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're getting to hear history. You're getting to hear music. You're getting to hear, uh, you know, kind of a passion for what she was presenting and, mm-hmm. and, and, and a it was, that was a great conversation, uh, and to be able to take your 16-year-old son and, and have that experience was was great. Right. Uh, you know, wa- Pop Staple got this award that you're about to get. Pop's got the. Well, this is obviously award. why I'm getting it because I'm a champion of the Staples. Um, <laughs> but but the show that I will say that uh, 
that helped my parents understand what I do for a living uh, was Ray Charles. Ah, I got that. Uh, so, you know, we, we're doing a show with Ray Charles. I bring my parents in, and uh, finally it kind of all clicked. They were like, well— Oh, okay. Yeah, You're they're, working they're, with professionals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really going on, and look at all the people that have shown up, and you know, this idea of having an outdoor concert and bringing people together. Uh, they were like, "Wow, we we get this, and this takes a lot of planning and intricacy and thought." Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, so they thought, "Well, he he's not a lawyer, but he's presenting Ray yeah, Charles. He is presenting Ray Charles." So uh, it was that, and uh, that 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 was uh, definitely a. A high point for them, and they could go back home and, and tell people, well, you know, our son works with Ray Charles. Wayne has a job. Yeah, he's got a job. He's all right. <laughs> My guest today is Wayne, Wayne Andrews, the director. Are you the executive director? Executive just, director, yeah. Okay, of the Yakmatothal Arts Council, which is the Arts Council of Oxford Lafayette County. Correct. Um, and what a great place to promote the arts. Uh, they will be, the. they've been chosen and will be one of the recipients of the 2018 Governor's Arts Awards. The ceremony will be held on February the 8th uh, at the Old Capitol Museum, and we encourage all of our listeners to attend. And if you can attend, we will let you know that the ceremonies will be rebroadcast both on MPB Think Radio uh, as well as MPB Television. So if they can't join us at the museum, they can <clears throat> see us uh, recorded and rebroadcast at a later time. That's the 2018 Governor's Arts Awards, and Wayne Andrews is here to represent the Yakmatothal Arts Council. How often do people ask you, what does that word mean? Uh, daily. Yeah. How to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, uh, people are impressed that I can spell it. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a tough one. Yeah. A lot and, of uh, N-A-P-A-H-A, a lot of that going yes, on. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, we, we had some wonderful students who we, we had some marketing students do an analysis of our social media and mm-hmm. our marketing efforts, and uh, which we scored very high, which I, I appreciate the students doing that. But they really thought that why did we pick such an odd name? And, uh, you know, it was very complicated. And why would we pick this? And then when we remind them that it's, you know, the county that Faulkner wrote about and we're kind of celebrating the area we're representing, then it made sense to them. Uh, it it concerned me a little that the research didn't hit that on the front end, but we'll, we'll get where we're going. Eventually, we will convert everyone. So you just, you sort of go by yak locally, like we go by Mac, right? Yes, yes. Why, yeah. I see. Yeah. Yes, we go, we, we, most people call us yak um, because saying yaknapatafa gets old. It's old. But, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to be able to be in that space and that community and, and to kind of cover that region. Um, and it always gets people to start talking about, now, what is it and what do you do? So it's, you know, it's yeah. a door opener. That sure. helps. Uh, absolutely. And you do this business for the most part uh, in the powerhouse. And tell us a little bit about your, your facility, your building, which is an interesting, interesting story, which received uh, – Mississippi Arts Commission's building fund for the art yeah. back in the days, and we just did another renovation, and we're gearing up for another one. So right. it's 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 it is uh, incubated, and I, I hate to correct the director of the Mississippi Arts Commission, but we do our work in the county. We are lucky enough ah. to have several physical spaces that we get to use as tools. Oh, um, that's the way we like to present it. We do have a building; it's mm-hmm. the, it is a great building. It's our biggest tool in our toolbox, uh, it, but it is the powerhouse. Uh, we also manage, um, it is a 1928 converted power generating plant and water pumping station uh, that is in use seven days a week, including Sundays, multiple times a day. It, 
you know, it ranges from uh, today we are working with the Mississippi Craftsman's Guild to hang a show. We've got a uh, uh, video being shot for Mississippi muse- musicians in the theater, in the gallery space. We have a class going on taught uh, by a, a retired professor uh, who is now teaching uh, people how to do journaling and, and uh they don't even have to know how to how to work, do work. They, they come in, they come with their story, and she teaches them. Uh, so the building's in use seven days a week, year-round. It, it never stops. And then we have a lot of other great spaces that we, we focus on. Yeah. Well, you're a theater, and you're a gallery, and you're classrooms, uh, and, and you we, do it all in how many square feet? Uh, 3,000 square feet? Yeah, it's not that big. It's not that big, but, but we pull it off. It's we funky, it though. It's uh, good. And luckily, we, you know, luckily the city gave us uh, the opportunity to manage an outdoor pavilion that's uh, 1,500 square feet that we're doing programming in. We have a farmer's market in it, evening concerts, uh, outdoor uh, art projects, and we manage a, a sculpture trail that starts in the historic square, runs through the university campus to a public park, kind of connects the entire community. Great. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. My guest today is Wayne Andrews. Wayne is the executive director of the Yakmatothal Arts Council in Oxford, Lafayette County. Welcome back, Wayne. Thank you. Thank you. And Wayne uh, and I do a lot of different projects together, uh, and we were just visiting about all of those, and we wanted to touch on a few of those in this segment. I thought we'd start with a, a study you recently uh, had done uh, by the uh, by Americans for the Arts and sort of the impact of arts and culture uh, in your community. Yeah, um, you know, Americans for the Arts does a every five years does an economic impact study, and uh, uh, the Arts Council uh, applied to be one of the communities to participate, and, and we were selected and, and excited by the opportunity, even though it was a lot of work because we sent volunteers out to every art and cultural event uh, in the community for an entire year to do surveys. We had to work with all the groups to even collect their their data on kind of the budgets, everything from the, the little ballet school does to some of the bigger festivals. Um, and, it, you know, looking at uh, the year, what these groups raise and spend, who they employ, the number of people that attend, uh, you know, it came out to show that 223,000 people uh, attended an art and cultural event in Lafayette County, and I don't think we we reached all the events we could have touched. Uh, you know, you know, that was a lot of events. Yeah, uh, you know, lot. they were asking for something like, we really hope you can get it. Kind of about, you know, a thousand surveys, twelve hundred surveys. We ended up with eighteen hundred, limited to fifty per each event. Wow. So if you you know, that's a lot of events, a lot of experiences from film screenings to Thacker Mountain Radio to Double Decker, but realize Double Decker with 60,000 people didn't outweigh Thacker with 200 people a, a show because, you know, it, it was all weighted properly. But it ended up showing that there was 223,000 people attended an art and cultural event. 70% of those roughly were within Lafayette County, which meant people were going back multiple times. They were enjoying the quality of life that the arts offered. They were there in that community because of what was offered. But that also means 30% of the people were coming in from outside of the county. Mm. So they weren't changing uh, the county. They weren't, you know, making it a different experience. They were there for that authentic experience, the reflective of, of, of what the artists wanted, what the town wanted. Uh, they were coming in to really be part of that experience and, and take it back with them. Uh, so I think that's, a, to me, great numbers. 
but then you look at the actual economic impact and it was $11 million. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at people that were hiring babysitters, that were, were, were paying for parking, that were buying clothes to go out, that were dining out, that were you know, purchasing items at the thing from, from art to, to CDs. To, uh, it just all added up in, in, in little dribs and drabs every single day for an entire year to $11 million. And uh, I like to refer to that in Mississippi terms as, you know, 223,000 people and $11 million is two SEC football games. There you go. And we guarantee we won. <laughs> it's a win win. It's a win. It's a, it's a, it's always a win. We did not lose at anything. Um everyone was well behaved. Uh you know, the nature was not trashed. Um and people had a good time. Uh no fights. No fights. No fights. Uh you know, uh, so it's for us to be a have that that ability to have someone do the research for us. If we did the legwork of collecting numbers and and surveying and, and getting uh, agencies much like ourselves to turn over their kind of open up their books and share them with mm-hmm. with an outside agency. So we had a. This is not something that Wayne added up the numbers and came up with. This is an independent agency that does this, uh, that knows how to do this, the statistics and the reporting, and, and and did it very conservatively. They did not even record the uh, admissions. They assumed that, you know, that if you bought a ticket, that that was going to be reflected in the, you know, the income that the organization. Right. So they're not even adding, well, oh, you know, let's add on top of that the fact that these people bought the tickets. Well, no, we've counted it over here. Um, so if you think, uh, you know, Lafayette County is 20,000 people. The city of Oxford's 20,000 people. The University of Mississippi is 20,000 people. It's 60,000 people. If, if a community of 60,000 people in Mississippi can generate $11 million to, uh, you know, to the growth, to the economic prosperity, to the, the vitality of a community, uh, imagine what's going on across our state, which is, to me, the most interesting state, the most unique state for the type of art that's created, the diversity, the, the sheer ingenuity of people and, and, and their ability to express uh, can be found in every small town and major city. It's just, you know, if I could just spend my days wandering Mississippi and finding the great stories, <laughs> that would be a job in and of itself. Well, and, you know, what's cool about your numbers uh, is that, you know, everybody talks about cultural Oxford, and and you're able to say, let me give you the numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's not this hypothetical. You know, there are a lot of restaurants. There's a lot of music. There's a books, the great literary scene. There's this, there's that. Yeah, you actually have now put numbers to that and so when people say you know what a cool town you go yeah let me tell you how cool it is Two hundred twenty-three thousand people attending events in one year and 11 million dollar and it didn't all happen at one time to me that's the greatest thing about our story that we're talking about it's as i said it it talks a little bit about the fact that people are there for quality of life if 70 Mm percent of the people out of that 223,000 were people that were within the county that means people said you know what they have a show i want to see they have a concert i want they have a class i want to take i'm i'm using this service multiple times it is important to me and i value it the fact that 30 percent of those people were coming from outside the community really to me says you know i want something authentic i'm not coming in just one time and never coming back to mississippi again for some unique event I'm, these these people are coming through for all the different reasons, for every little thing that we have from a fiber arts festival to a film festival to uh, Thacker Mountain Radio or the conference for the book. We're finding pockets of people's passion 
and they're most likely coming back repeatedly. And when they get here, they discover more, the depth of what we have, and they repeatedly come back. And then there's uh, the sort of uh, long tail of arts and culture, as, as it is demonstrated in Oxford, and, and that is that there is the advent of Abbeville and Water Valley and Taylor and Holly Springs and all of these other sort of bedroom communities where a lot of the the artists, the real true working artists, have had to sort of move out for affordable rent, and they've taken that sort of creative piece with them. And these little towns are cropping up all around Oxford that are very unique. Yeah, the, there's there's a sad and a benefit. Um, who would have thought that we would have a housing crisis right. in Mississippi where it's too expensive to live somewhere? Yeah, um, but it, it's happening in Oxford and. The great thing is our, the town is thriving and it's growing and uh, people are invested because the town has spent time defining itself. Um, the benefit now becomes the, those people that drove that creativity and defined the space are, are moving into the surrounding areas and, and growing all of that. And, um, you know, one of the great things that I, I, I think Mississippians do is we talk to each other. We talk to our neighbors and Water Valley and, and, and Oxford are not competitors. We, we realize, and, and Holly Springs, we realize that we, we all rise together. Mm-hmm. And that if we can get someone to come in and discover whatever is unique about our community, they're going to see something else in the neighboring town. Uh, and so we, there's this collaborative effort of, uh, you know, we want to share. We want people to see. We want to celebrate what the other towns are doing because uh, they're all bringing someone into the area. We'll all get our own piece of the pie. Right. Uh, but if we're collaborating, instead of maybe coming for one event, uh, maybe they will stay two nights or three nights. Uh, maybe someone will decide that Mississippi is a great place to move and relocate their business. With the age of technology and businesses being digital, you know, people are making a choice of where they want to live because the place doesn't have to be in, you know, New York anymore. The the business can be, you know, you know be anywhere. If, right. You know, if FNC is running all of our mortgages through through big computer drives in Oxford, Mississippi, and if the people don't know that, all your mortgages are being run <laughs> through a company in, in Mississippi. And it's growing leaps yeah. and bounds. Recently but, sold. It? Yeah, it did sell. It did yeah. sell. But there, it's still in Mississippi. Yeah, it's still there. Um, uh, and to me, the great thing is someone from outside said, wow, look at what's going on in Mississippi. These people are amazing. We, we got to get there. And they didn't say we're going to take what they've got and move it somewhere else. It's... The, the soil has made it what it is. Let's right. keep it there. Um, that people are choosing to, they, I hope that, that this environment will, will encourage people as they talk about millennials. You know, we have all these conversations of these are people that are making choices, not about I've got to go find the job. I want the job to find me. I'm going to, you know, bring it to where I want to be in the life I want. Uh, you know, I'd love to have those kinds of people here going, you know, this is the place I like. This is the, these are the experiences I want. Uh, and I want to contribute to that, and I'm going to create my my business here. And, you know, the other thing I think that is great about the arts is that it is very entrepreneurial. And as we work with groups uh, and artists to think about, for them to think beyond just their creative process, but how they can be entrepreneurial in what they do, we end up talking about business, you know, business growth in and of itself. And if you look at someone like uh, Andy Bedsworth, who's one of our artists in Lafayette County who started out as, you know, who's a fiber artist and working with the Arts Council realized, wait a minute, you know, we have a whole uh, program, a, a, an arts incubator program to get artists to think in a business um, 
process, which is what we got our NEA grant for. Right, I was going to say, you were awarded <laughs> for that good work by yeah. the National Endowment for the Arts. And uh, so that project brought someone to go, wait a minute, I've been doing all of this. She started analyzing who her customer was, who was buying all this, her fine art, and why was more kind of her, her, her f- other work not selling. And she realized it was people that already understood how to make fiber work. What they really wanted was her design or her, her skill at selecting fabrics. Mm-hmm. And so she started going, well, what I really need is help putting together packaging and materials so people can buy my patterns, designs, and this, and I can be selling, they can be downloading them online, and I don't even have to be there. I can go off and do my fine art, but I can still be making more money and growing my business. Um, and with that NEA money and that grant and that program, we were able to do that. We were able to put her with a technology person, website, graphic designer, and, and kind of um, product manufacturer that she now has patterns, designs, kind of like my mother had McCall's, you know, right. we now have the Andy Bedsworths uh, that, uh, you know, I need Woolworths to sell at that rack that they used to have all the McCall's on. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, you've now got that coming out of Mississippi, someone that's going, I can go back to what everyone knows. I can produce it here. I can sell it around the world. And they're buying it because it's my voice and authenticity and, and my design and style. Um, so we've merged the technology with our voice and art, and it's all happening right here in Mississippi. Well, that's great. Uh, today our guest is Wayne Andrews, who will be receiving the 2018 Governor's Arts Award this coming year for the organization that he represents, the Yakmatotha Arts Council, which is the Arts Council of Oxford and Lafayette County. And uh, we are glad to have you on this special Arts Hour show. I appreciate it. And uh, we're, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Presenters Network and some convenings and other plans, big plans that you and I and our organizations have. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm in the studio with Wayne Andrews from Oxford. Welcome back, Wayne. I'm enjoying this. Good. I get to talk good. about a lot of fun things. This I is kind of nice. This is your life. This is the, <laughs> the, the work that you do every day. But uh, the Yachmatotho Arts Council uh, will be awarded a Governor's Awards for the Arts on uh, February 8th at the Old Capitol Museum. And we invite everyone to attend uh, from 6 to 7 p.m. If you can't attend, we will be rebroadcast both on MPB Think Radio and MPB Television. So that's the Governor's uh, Arts Awards for 2018. Congratulations to the Yachtmatotha Arts Council. Yeah, I appreciate you kind of pointing out that it is the uh, the Arts Council uh, getting it. I, I happen to I happen to be the guy that gets to collect the award and make the speech. Yeah, and make the speech. Uh, you know, when you called to announce or to share with me that we we'd been nominated and received it. Um, for me, the, the the fun part of it is. Knowing that it's 40-something years in the making is is how I've described it to people, that the Arts Council has been diligently working for 43, mm-hmm. 42 years. And, to you know, I, the first people I called after I talked to you were, of course, the person that you told me nominated us uh, right. and thanked them. Sure. Uh, but then I called all the people that I knew had been, um, you know, worked with me on the board or had kind of been involved and said, I, I want you to know this is going to come out and I need you to know that you made this happen. Uh, I'm fortunate to be here when when we received the award, but it took 43 years for us to get there. Um, and, and 
all of the steps we took along the way or every every step that someone has made to get this organization going where it's been is, has helped to make it happen. Um, I'm happy to be the current cheerleader. So. And how many years have you been at the Arts Council? Nine. Nine years. Nine. That's yeah, pretty good. Uh, isn't there a rule like if you do something for 10 years, you're, you know, you should go do something else? I, you know, I'm hoping you get it, a watch. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm enjoying. I mean, I cannot believe it's been that long. I know, I, and I love it. Like and it. I hope no one figures out how long I've been there. I hope they're like, "Yeah, he just started. Like, he's doing great." <laughs> uh, because it is. I have a board that is diverse, that likes the idea of thinking forward, thinking like, "What can we do next? What can we do better? How do we serve our community?" And and to know that I have a board that has conversations of, whom are we not engaging? Mm-hmm. Why are we not engaging them, and how do we get to them? Um, and that they will actively do things. That to, to have a board member go. Do you know that that person in that you know at this event did, is involved in this? Well, no, I, I hadn't met. It, it seems hard in a town of sixty thousand people. I hadn't met that person yet, but I hadn't. Yeah. And to know that that board, you know, we had to know that we had the right board member to be able to say that's who we need to get involved. That that can get us to the the families and the students and this. And kind of pulled me out of what I was doing and walked across the room and said, let's start having conversations. And uh, so I'm really excited by the group we have helping us and leading us. Uh, I love that, uh, you know, annually we kind of put together this plan of this is what we're going to accomplish each year. And, you know, this is our five-year plan and the things we're going to tick off. So each year of not people were ticking off, lists were ticking <laughs> off. Uh, we don't tick off anyone. No, of course uh, not. But, you know, kind of. We have these, we are challenging ourselves and not just going, well, yeah, we do our thing. No, we're really seriously thinking of how do we, you know, how do we support the, you know, artists and create real businesses out of art? How do we engage more people and provide more value and service? And how do we champion our community uh, to bring more people to Mississippi uh, to make the community feel uh, that they they have this great community and, and space that they live in that is accessible for all sorts of resources? Do you ever <clears throat> sort of worry that the bar is really high in Oxford because you're, most people think of Oxford as sort of one of the examples of the great culture communities in the state? Or to you, is it just like there's business to be done, there are people to work with, and I never think, oh, we're Oxford, we have to perform at a certain level or anything like that? Uh well, now you've intimidated. I never thought of it that way. I just always thought there was business to be done and we want to do the best we can do, uh, you know, and that I, I keep discovering all this talent and people and going, why are why are we not championing this and, and making it, you know, ha- having more? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's good. Yeah. So now that's a good now I'm really worried. <laughs> now I'm intimidated. I don't know if I want this award. Uh, no, it's... I, you know, and I think it's interesting to hear living in Oxford and, and, and being someone that's moved there mm-hmm. to hear other communities go, well, you're Oxford. Well, but Oxford wasn't always Oxford. I sure mean, Oxford wasn't. was a sleepy little town. I lived there. Um, 1973. Uh, it was a sleepy little town. And, yeah. and, you know, my wife went to school at Ole Miss in 77. And her description of Oxford then and now is completely different. Right. Um, so it took people doing things to, to kind of keep moving it forward. And uh, so I, 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 what I really think it, I point out to people is that to me, the one thing Oxford had was uh, a feeling that there was no barrier. We're going to do it one way or the other. I mean, we had creative people who, who was like, yeah, let's just do it. We're going to make something happen. And then it became an expected thing that, that, that the community looked for, like, well, 
but these things happen. So now our job is to kind of make it happen with a little more structure. Right. Uh, and hopefully we inspire other communities to go, well, we've got just as many resources because Mississippi is so fertile in, 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 the, in the talent and, and, and unique events that all, all of our communities should be performing like Oxford. Well, you do have some iconic uh, sort of inventory. Yeah, William we, are, Faulkner, we are fortunate. William Faulkner, uh, uh, Thacker Mountain, Square Books, the University of Mississippi. I mean, there's yeah. a, the Center for the Study of Southern Culture, the Conference on the Book. I mean, there's a few iconic. But those, I agree with that. I agree that you know we're lucky. We, we had some we had some tools in our toolbox. You know, we mm-hmm. had some things that were there. But the center for uh, study of Southern culture wasn't always there. That that nope. evolved over time. Right. Um, you know, Ron Shapiro. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Ron Shapiro has always been there. He, he, he has always been there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're fortunate. But lots of other communities in in Mississippi have iconic figures. Uh, you know, the Anderson family, and I mean, you know, we have musicians throughout the Delta. We have other writers. Um, you know, here I mean, you've got your door wealthy. So you've got yeah. we've got things. We've got universities. We are fortunate to have a university that gave us consistency. But again, you were there in '73. The sleepy county town. Yeah, the town was not as vibrant hmm. as it was. Um, so to know that these things have all merged and you have a vibrant town and the university looks to the town uh, to be part of its university experience and the town looks to the university and the county to be part of its cultural experience. These things have all melded and, um, you know, I think that's, that that has benefited each party. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely helped give us stability and, and structure. Um, and now we've just got to kind of keep with that um, – attitude of it, we can do it. And then the fact that, you know, we've had uh, people that have said, well, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Let's have a concert on the square. Let's let's show movies in a park. I really thought when we started movies and concerts in a public park that, you know, it, it would be like footloose. No, you can't do things like that. <laughs> and really, it, it came with uh, everyone going, well, that seems like something the families would enjoy. And all of a sudden now, you know, we have... We were able to work with the Oxford Film Festival, the Park Commission, the city, and local musicians, and not just show your kind of standard fare, but either Mississippi-made films or, you know, documentaries, that you know, along with, you know, food and things of this nature. So it kind of all tied to, you know, a documentary about food, the farmer's market, the film festival, and, and music. And people showed up. Perfect. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, that seems like a great idea. I think if you throw food and music, mm-hmm. uh, that helps. Yeah. That helps draw the crowd. Then the, the, the learning happens by osmosis. Talk a little bit about the, the sculpture trail. You mentioned that, and you recently had some good publicity. Tell yeah. Um, so uh, it, it is a great partnership between the city, the county, and, and the university. Uh, you know, three years ago, we started a, a public art project, the Yakma Sculpture Trail, uh, we have 19 pieces in the trail, and they rotate. Uh, every year, a third of the trail rotates, so there's always new works going in and out. Um, and it kind of connects the entire community so you can walk the trail. Um, and we just got a great grant from Blue Cross Blue Shield to actually do a walking app right. to help you interact with the art and, and go with it. So we're very excited about that. Um, but it was also just recognized as one of the, the, the six public art spaces by uh, – in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution to go see. So Atlanta's looking at Little Oxford, Mississippi, going, you know, 
19 spaces <laughs> that you can walk from a historic square to, through a university and out to the, the public park and, and back is kind of a neat concept, you know, yeah, of, of, of bridging all the communities. So, uh, and the fact that the, they, they liked that the, the works rotate. So last year we had 65 submissions for uh, five spots on the trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, the farthest one was Maine. Uh, so you have someone in Maine willing to drive a piece of art all the way to Oxford, Mississippi, because we've got people showing up. We've got, um, you know, our tourism office works with us. We have a double-decker bus tour with artists on the tour. So you get a whole tour and walking a, uh, explanation of all the works as, once they're installed every April right before double-decker. And uh, it's, a, it's an amazing little experience. And, That's great. You know, uh too many kids are hanging off the big pieces, but, you know, <laughs> you take what you can get. Kids, you take what, kids will be kids. Kids will be kids. Uh, so far, nothing's broken, so we're all right. Insurance. Insurance. Insurance helps. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the Presenters Network. That's something you've been a real statewide leader in, and we appreciate it. Talk, yeah. talk a little bit about that project. Uh, well, you know, you kind of even mentioned it earlier of, you know, Oxford having a, you know, is the bar set high? You know, what are the assets and tools we have? And... You know, I I really think that there are things that we have the ability to learn from each other and that if we could um, get people to think that, you know, and get the other arts presenters, uh, much like myself, to to start learning from uh, from our own mistakes and successes and Mm. sharing um, and also collaborating. And a lot of people just realizing they are presenters. Yeah, there's there's even people realizing they are presenters. Um, There's people realizing that, you know, they are also a champion of some sort of art form in our state and have a passion for it, and they're more knowledgeable uh, that, you know, we want to put them in front of the other people to, to help them uh, see the works. Uh, so we've been working hard to kind of have quarterly uh, gatherings, convenings that are working sessions, uh, uh, kind of instead of a, a conference where you hear someone talk, where we actually, uh, in advance, identify a problem. Uh, all come together and work on the problem so we, we leave with a solution or, hey, we're going to attempt to do this. Uh, and it's it's working out well. We've we've secured a uh, VISTA grant for two years. So we actually have someone that is working on coordinating the efforts so that right. uh, if someone in uh, Ocean Springs calls into the presenter's network and says, I, I don't know how to tackle this, we're trying to do this, I have someone that, help, that is there in an office, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, to help them. Uh, and help them do the research because often what gets uh, we struggle with is, you know, even in Oxford is, okay, I've only got so many man hours in the day and we're trying right. to do all these things. Having an extra kind of pair of hands to help people resolve the issue, uh, share that information amongst groups, and then even collaborate. Uh, there are funding opportunities out there that individually Oxford cannot secure but would help us move forward. Um that if we collaborate as groups together, you know, a lot of the arts councils and presenters are doing education and outreach. Well, wait a minute. If we, we look at it collaboratively of what we're, collaboratively of what we're all doing uh, and, and come together as a group, we could go out and find some funding or, or find someone to say, you know what, I we can't manage uh, 20 different groups asking us for funding, but maybe one corporation could say, you know, what, we're going to give it here. You guys divide it out. And mm-hmm. uh, we want to help all the 20 groups or 50 groups or I think we're at 68 groups uh, have – are currently active in the in, in the network, and we, every day we're adding new people because we have someone helping us reach out. Um, but we're doing those kind of things so that we start looking at how to to improve, and each of us uh, work smarter, 
look at what we are doing uh, that overlaps and, and, and can help each other with and share uh, so that maybe we even champion uh, resources between communities that if we have a great uh, musician uh, and we can introduce them to other communities, they'll they'll start having that music. And if someone's doing something really unique, uh, they're sharing it back with us, and we're saying, well, we really want to bring uh, that talented dance company that's just outside of Tupelo, which we've had twice in Oxford, um, <laughs> that does children's programming an hour before the uh, actual performance so the kids then understand the show. Uh, and they've done it for us two years in a row. So for more information about the Mississippi Presenters Network, where would a listener go? It's uh, presentmississippi.com, uh, mm-hmm. or you can also connect through it through the Yaknapatafa Arts Council and oxfordarts.com. Our guest today has been Wayne Andrews, and uh, Wayne will be the receiving face and body for the 2018... It's just my good looks. <laughs> ...Governor's Arts Award for the Yachmatatha Arts Council. Yeah. So we're, thanks for coming uh, down and visiting with us today. Uh, congratulations to, to the Yak for uh, this, this prestigious award, and you guys do good work, and we really appreciate it. So we'll be back next Sunday, as always, at uh, 5 o'clock here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Malcolm White for the Mississippi Arts Commission. Uh, Kevin Farrell is our producer. Wayne Andrews has been our guest today. We'll see you next Sunday.